0: Okay, there are um, some things in life that are impossible, or they seem impossible, right? I think about, maybe right now you're thinking, it's impossible for Chris to get the tech stuff right. Now that's one of those impossible things. But uh, think about for how long it took a person to break the four-minute mile. How many of you know, just as a, a, a trivia question, how many of you know the first person to break the four-minute mile? What's his name? Roger Bannister, that's right, the first person to break the four-minute mile. And right after he did, several other people did. And it's happened a lot of times since. And, but when you look back, before that happened, people questioned, is it possible for somebody to run a mile faster than four minutes? And a lot of people said, no, no, that's absolutely impossible. It's not going to happen. There's a, How many of you were al- alive before mankind went to the moon? Okay. How many of you remember people landing on the moon? Yeah, it happened a few years before I was born. But for years, centuries, thousands of years before, people said, there's no way we can ever go to the moon. There's no way we can ever do that. There's no way we're ever going to be able to fly like the birds. There's all those impossible things that seem impossible. And yet there still remains a few things that are truly impossible, right? Right? I remember one, uh, just as, as some things that may seem impossible. Uh, I thought about this this morning because one of the young men in the church was, was looking at uh, the picture that I have in my office of me with long hair back in the day. Yes, I did have hair, and yes, it was long. Not quite as long. Gabe and Noah right here is just right about there. Not quite that long maybe, but somewhere right in that ballpark. And I remember during that time period, um, if someone would have said, Chris is going to get married. I would have thought, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to happen. That seemed like an impossibility just where my head was at and how I operated. I just was kind of flying solo and doing my thing. But man, things change sometimes, don't they? Things that seem impossible can change. Scripture talks about, and Zach read the scripture here just a minute ago, and it's mentioned several other times, is that there's something that is absolutely impossible is for God to lie. God does not lie. And it's not just one of those things where God says, okay, well, I guess I'm going to be one that tells the truth and, and uh, until it fits my purposes, and then I'm going to change, I'm going to do something different. It's not how it works. God is one who absolutely does not lie because he can't, as Hebrews says. It's impossible because that is his nature, to be a God that is completely and totally honest and transparent. That's how He rolls. And so when we see God speaking to us about what type of people we're supposed to be, one of the things that comes up, and it comes up a lot in the Proverbs we'll look at here in a second, is for us to be people that are honest, people that are truthful. If you look at, the, at ancient Israel, it was an oral culture. There's, there's a few things that have survived from writings and that, but most of uh, what is, has what is passed along during that time period was from the oral transmission of stories, So you can imagine how truth is important if all the stories that you hear about your past are stories that you hear around the campfire at night. If someone changes that story, that's a big deal, right? Because that dishonors the future. It, it changes stuff. Uh, there's, uh, that's how, how families bond, is telling the stories of the past. And if someone's not honest and changes the story, then that's a big deal, right? Because there's nobody there to write it down. It was also true in the legal culture. There is, when people exchanged property, for example, there wasn't always a document that went along. They went to, and you see this happen in the book of Ruth, they go to the city gate, the elders are there, and they exchange sandals in order to exchange property. And people there have to remember that this exchange happened. There has to be honesty, there has to be truth, because what happens if people say, huh, I don't remember that that property changed hands. Uh, nope. My friend over here, that's his property actually. Scandals and corruption can happen that way. Or what about the courts? In a time before there was DNA evidence or blood samples could be taken or things like that, if people were dishonest who were witnesses, you can imagine the destruction that that caused in the society. Think about this. In fact, even one of the Ten Commandments is do not bear false witness. Do not Tell something untrue about your neighbor. That is one of the, the foundational things that God gives the Israelites. And furthermore, witnesses who testified against somebody else, if it was a capital crime, the witnesses that testified were called to be the first people that threw the stones at the person who was executed. How would that change if you were a witness? <laughs> if I have to throw the first stone to execute somebody, I better be really sure about what I saw and what I'm testifying about, right? Right. There was, uh, there was always consequences for, for someone who was going to be a witness in a situation like that. So truth and telling the truth was essential for a good community to happen. And for God, being a God of truth, that's what he taught us to do. Let's look at some of what the Proverbs say here. We've been going through the Proverbs, and we will for a, a few more word, weeks, and then we're going to transition to some other things. But we're not going to talk about the troublemaker too much. But it gives a foundation because it provides a contrast to what a truth teller looks like. But Proverbs talks about, and there's a couple of examples in chapter 6. And it says a troublemaker and a a villain who goes about with a corrupt mouth, someone who does not tell the truth, who winks maliciously with his eye and signals of the oceans with his fingers and plots evil and deceit in his heart. He always stirs up conflict. Hey, this is a discussion of someone who is not going to have discussions that are above board, that are on the table. There's always a secret discussion here happening and nothing comes out in the open. Therefore, disaster will overtake him in an instant. We suddenly, He will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. Okay, how many of us want to be the troublemaker that stirs the pot and causes trouble for others? Yeah, no hands up. That's a bad deal. That's a bad place to be uh, because there's judgment that comes there. It's destructive to the community of God. Here's another one, just in the next verses there. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Okay, hey, now, when that is a poetic device, meaning here's six bad things, and the seventh is the worst out of all of them. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue. Again, someone that's not going to tell the truth. Hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that des- devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. That's bad stuff. Don't do that. Don't go down that road. Because look at the, think about the difference. What's the difference between a community where truth and honesty reigns? You can sit down. You can be transparent. You can share your heart. But in a community where there's lying tongues, man, it's tough to be transparent, isn't it? Because you don't know where that's going to go and where it's going to come back and how it's going to get you right in the back. Honesty is essential for godly community to live in peace. So we're going to look at just a few more verses here that talk about troublemakers, and then we're going to switch gears here. But whoever conceals hatred with lying lips and spreads slander is a fool. That's a bad place to be. A corrupt witness mocks at justice, and the mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will perish. When we use our mouths for things that are untrue, there's destruction that comes—not only for ourselves, but for our families, for the community around. And uh, it, it is the opposite of the nature of God. How many of you know who that—that that is a, a picture or a caricature of behind? Someone with a long nose, Pinocchio. Yeah, Pinocchio is an Italian story of a little—a bo- uh, toy that becomes a little boy. In Clodi, I've been to Clodi in Italy. It's this little beautiful little town. And uh, he couldn't tell the truth. When he wouldn't tell the truth, what would happen? His nose would grow. And um, I wonder, and we'll get to this more here in a bit, And if whenever we turned on the TV that people who were speaking told, didn't tell the truth that their nose would grow, wouldn't that be convenient? Wouldn't that be helpful? And wouldn't that provide some sort of accountability for what is, is said and comes out of our mouth? Okay, we'll come back to that here in a bit. But I want to spend most of our time this morning talking about the other side. What does a person look like whose mouth speaks truth and builds up the community around them? The Proverbs has a lot to say about that. With their mouths, the godless destroy their neighbors, but through knowledge, the righteous escape. Whoever derides their neighbor has no sense. But the one who has understanding holds their tongue. Gossip betrays the confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. If you look at these right here, this speaks about prudence. It speaks about wise speaking. Is that ultimately, truth will out. Is if we tell the truth, if we're honest with our words, then ultimately God's going to take care of that. It's all going to be okay. But the one who has understanding holds their tongue. There's a lot of times where Boy, we could say something, and we could say something true, right? But do we need to say something? There's times to just hold our tongue and not speak. And as it continues on, a gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy person keeps a secret. Our job as Christians is to share each other's burdens, to confess our sins to one another. And if you or I... Have someone has come and has shared their heart to us and we go and we share it to everyone else because man, everybody else needs to know what's happening here. This is awesome. I can't believe that happened. This if this was a soap opera, this would sell. You know, that's destructive. That's that's not a, a person who speaks truth with their mouth. The writer of the Proverbs continues on A wicked messenger falls into trouble, but a trustworthy envoy brings healing. Okay, this is talking about you have two people, that there's a messenger that goes in between. How important it is for a messenger to relay an accurate message. And remember, there isn't no paper laying around that you can always write a message. Someone has to be able to share an accurate message. So think about it in these terms. If There's a king over here, and there's a king over here. And this king says, no, I really don't want to go to battle. We have our battle lines drawn. We have our armies out. Let's just go home, and let's just live peacefully. What happens if that king sends a messenger that goes across, starts riding across on his mule, goes over to the other battle lines and says, you know, this other army has done great damage to my family. And I'm not happy about uh, just seeking peace. So the messenger goes over there, gets over there to the the other battle lines and says, hey, that king over there has said, get your weapons ready because we're going to fight it out today. maybe two people that want peace is not allowed to happen because the person sharing the message in the middle creates problems accurate information is essential for a peaceful community <laughs> the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life but the wicked but a mouth of the wicked conceals violence speaking truth and love and we'll talk about that here in a bit is is just this fountain of goodness that goes out and blesses the people around and remember Originally, these people are sitting in a place where it's hot, fountains are few and far between, but whoever speaks with their mouth in a good way tells the truth. It's a fountain of, of life that goes out to the people around. Here's some others. He who winks uh, the eye causes trouble, but he who boldly reproves make, makes peace. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Hey, let's think about this for a second Here is There is... Uh, um, the idea here is someone who winks the eye causes trouble. In other words, someone who is willing to overlook sin, someone who is willing to overlook the, the negative in, or the bad in someone else and just say, you know, whatever, I'm, I'm fine with that, I'm good with that, they can do whatever they want, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm okay with, with, with them causing destruction for others. But the proverb says something different here, is he who boldly reproves makes peace. Is there's a time with our mouth to tell the truth, to correct. Now Scripture talks about that, whether Old Testament or New Testament, is we use our mouth to call each other higher. In fact, the wounds of a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. There's a lot of people in our world that will say whatever you and I want to hear to get whatever they want at any given time, right? Have you ever had someone say all sorts of, of kind things to you, just say whatever you want to hear and then find out later, wait a minute, <laughs> that person really didn't care about my soul, didn't care about my well-being. But the opposite side of it here is friends. Friends that truly love us are the friends that are honest enough to tell us where the shortcomings are. This is extremely rare in our world to have friends that will uh, speak the truth to us in love and in a way that that calls our souls higher. Uh, There is very few friends in our world, again, and it takes some spiritual maturity, for someone to see some sin in our life Pull us aside, sit down with us, during coffee, and say, "I see what's happening. It's going to destroy your soul. Let's talk about this. Let me pray with you. Let's walk alongside together in this." Those are the type of friends that you want to uh, to hang on to because it's real, and and uh, it's it's pretty rare in our world in general. Proverbs talks about that. It's uh it's tough to be able to, to to talk to each other that way, but that's the way God calls us to be. Here's a you see this picture here on a. You see this. This mouse has got something figured out because he's able to eat the cheese right there in the middle of this trap. And you look at these next three Proverbs here. What they talk about is, and I'll read them, the words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright delivers them. A truthful witness saves lives, but one who utters lies is a betrayer. An evil man is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous escapes from trouble. Our mouth... Speaking the truth in honesty is a, is a way that gets us out of all sorts of traps. What gets us into traps is being lying, being deceitful, telling half-truths, or not telling the whole truth, whatever, however you want to say it, will get us in trouble. But being people that are honest, sincere, genuine, and unhonest uh, with our, our mouth is going to get us out of trouble. That's what these Proverbs tell us. They help us escape the, the trap of, uh, of destruction, Here's something else that I found helpful. Truthful lips endure how long? Truthful lips endure how long? Yeah, forever. It's amazing. There's people, as I was thinking about this week, people that, have, uh, that I've known to be people of truth and people of whatever comes out of their mouth is faithful. In that if they say something to me, I know that what they say, that's exactly the way things are. But well, that's, that's to the best of their ability and understanding. It's amazing how the opposite is true. Is, um, is we, we learn, if people are dishonest and people say things that are not true and honest, then we learn to, whenever they speak, our radars go up, right? Wait a minute here, Are they saying? Are they, what's going on here? Are they saying stuff that's true or is this saying stuff that's real or is this just saying something in order to, to say something? Because they have an agenda, they got an angle here. But people that will speak truth, man, there's something there that endures. Not just in this life, but for eternity. After a person passes away, they're remembered for being a person that speaks truth. And the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are trustworthy. And so not only is it eternal blessings to, to have whatever we say, if we're truthful, that endures forever, But the God who created the world can look at us and say, that is a person that I am well pleased in, a person who is trustworthy, not a person who lies, a person who distorts the truth, but a person who is absolutely and totally trustworthy. That's someone I'm really excited about. If we stop and think about that for a second, the creator of the world, the God of everything, is saying, I want you to be a person that is trustworthy, that tells the truth, because that reflects my heart. That reflects my image. Because lying is a misuse of speech. Because we're different than animals, right? No matter how hard I get my dog to chew with her mouth closed or speak, she can't say any words that are intelligible. She can't do it. But as people in the image of God, we're given the ability to be able to speak our thoughts. And when we're dishonest, that is uh, an abuse of of the very that God has given us, because we're doing things the opposite of, of what would be in His image. It doesn't demonstrate that we love our neighbors as ourselves, uh, and it's a affront to us being created in the image of God. And so, I say that to say is that when we tell things that are that are untruths or we're not honest, we're not speaking the truth in love. What happens is We are, this is more than just telling a white lie. We are dishonoring the very nature and character of God. It's a big deal, is what the Proverbs tell us. Now, we're going to go back to that. I'm going to take a time out here for just a second, because when we deal with the Proverbs, like I've shared, there's not footnotes, there's not exceptions, and oftentimes there's cases where life is not as black and white as we would like it to be. For example, think about this. Back in pre-Civil War, if there's people that are working on the Underground Railroad, taking slaves and taking them into the north where they can have freedom, and someone comes and says, do you have any slaves that you're hiding? And you know in your barn there's six that are, that are running. And you've got a dilemma. Do I tell the truth and say, well, I can't tell a lie, there's six slaves out there realizing that they go back to slavery, very well could be executed, or do you say, I have no idea what you're talking about. Why don't you get off my property and go on your way? Think about what Rahab did with the spies in the Old Testament. The spies came and they were checking out Jericho and that promised land to see if they were going to, uh, to conquer it. And Rahab hides them and says, they went out and they're gone. You better go chase them because if you, you better, better chase them because you've got to catch them. And they're hiding in her house. And Rahab is held up as a person of great faith and great honor. And so I think what we have to wrestle with here is that there are times where, and I'm not going to draw a line here for you today, I'm just going to give you something to wrestle with, is that the Spirit of God must lead us in those times. And to only under very, very careful circumstances and, um, and under um, a lot of prayer and caution, do we ever not tell the absolute truth? Okay, we see examples in scriptures. I think we can wrestle with that. But I just wanted to leave you with that, not to find a solution. I don't think we can do that this morning. But to say, the Spirit of God needs to lead us during those times and, and go forward care, carefully and prayerfully. For our world, closer to home, uh, th- those those situations are few and far between, honestly. But I did some reflecting this week, and this may come as a shock to you, but I think that playing fast and loose with truth might just be a feature of our, our age that we live in. Does that shock anybody? I think about it as we're in a political season right now and we've got elections coming up. Um, in our local elections here in Montana, if we're to believe everything that we're told, then practically everyone that is running for office somehow has a behind-the-scenes contract with the Chinese and is going to sell our state to some, you know, whatever. I think, man, all of that can't be true, can it? There's got to be somebody somebody's nose it has got to be growing here somewhere, right? Something can't all be... And, and as we have debates that are coming up and all of that, it's amazing, the mudslinging and all that sort of stuff that's going to be happening. And if one person's telling... If both, both can't be telling the truth... And it leads me to believe that, boy, in our society, we have decided that truth is somewhere down here on the list instead of something that, that demonstrates the very nature of God. Maybe as Christians we should be cautious and think about that. Maybe even closer to home, something I thought about a lot, and I'll, I'll give you some background of what I'm going to share. I think when I went to, to graduate school for my master's degree, one of the greatest lessons I learned during that time was something extremely practical. And the professors would give us articles to read from all sorts of different spectrums on Scripture. And they would say, read this and wrestle with it. And what we were asked to do and taught to do and given tools to be able to do is to read that and say, ah, no, that may sound good, but it doesn't fly. This is not right because... And we would use research material and go back because what happens is I found out, or I was reminded is that anybody can write something and throw it out there. And we have to be people that can discern some of that. And that was one of the great lessons that they taught us. But it makes me think now, because I know that when I first started school, there weren't cell phones. It was different. Information flowed differently. And we're living in a world where all of a sudden there's information out here all the time. And when I look at Facebook or I look at news or whatever... What I see is a lot of information out there that my red flags go off all over the place saying, I don't think this is true. (laughs) I don't think this is real. And as Christians, if we're going to be people of truth and people of honesty, if we're going to forward something or we're going to post something, we better be very sure that it's true Because we don't have much to say to anybody else if we're forwarding things that are not absolute truth. We can't have much to say to people to say we're people, Christians, that want to speak the truth when we forward things that are not based on accurate information. Okay, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm just saying that I just see a lot of stuff out there that as Christians, boy, I think, man, I don't want to forward that. I don't know if it's true or not. I have no idea. I don't even know how to figure that out. Uh, Just some things to consider in the world that we live in. Not only politically, but economically. uh, It seems like we can't go too far without some company, some CEO or something getting in trouble for embezzlement and and stashing money where they're not supposed to. Uh, Commercially, how many of you have bought something because you saw a commercial that said, man, if you get this, this is exactly what you want. It's going to make you happy. (laughs) Yeah, I've fallen for that a few times. Right. Legally, there's... uh, there's some people have whole teams of lawyers designed to protect them so that they can be dishonest. My father-in-law, who in Italy worked for a guy, he's a really interesting guy. Um, interest, well, interesting, is one word to use. But he uh, he lived about a hundred yards away from where he worked, and so his uh, his chauffeur would would drive him the hundred yards to work. He had a, a lawyer on staff that his entire job, this lawyer's job. Was to, was to call into debate or call into question every moving violation that, uh, this, that this guy's the owner's driver, would, uh, would incur. And at one point in time, he had around $300,000 of outstanding traffic moving violations that he had no intention to pay, but he paid his lawyer to debate. And every once in a while, the Italian government would come and say, all right, give us $3,000 and we'll leave you alone. They would do it because it took so much effort to fight his lawyers. Is that honesty? Is that truth? Does that show anything? And that's an extreme example. But I mean, I don't know. Anybody here have $300,000 in outstanding traffic violations? Yeah, no. Yeah. It's not how we roll typically. There's a few exceptions out there. Personally, maybe for all of us, we can have the tendency sometimes of shading the truth, putting up the glittering image, looking a whole lot better than we are. Making excuses, saying I'm busy when we just don't want to participate in something, whatever it may be. But I found that with dishonesty is the junction to many other sins. If we're honest, it's really hard to pursue and allow addictions to get a hold of us, right? If we're honest, it's hard for sexual immorality to take heart to take uh, take take control of our heart. If we're if we're honest, it's really hard for greed to lead us, right? Because all of those things thrive when we 're dishonest, but when we 're honest and truthful people, here are some scriptures that speak about this in the New Testament. We become what God has intended for us to become in Ephesians chapter four verse fifteen it says it 's talking about Christian maturity and what this looks like. instead, speaking the truth and love, we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ, so part of growing to be Spiritually mature people is learning to speak the truth in love. Now, remember, honesty is not telling everybody what I think at any given moment. What that is, is airing my own opinions, honestly. And the Proverbs talk about that. That's different than speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth in love is speaking the truth in ways that is going to, to call people higher and help people look more like, like Christ. In this next verse in 1 Peter, it says, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And as I pondered that and thought about that this week, this is what uh, I guess a phrase that really impacted me is that honesty is speaking spirit filled truth in small matters and large matters and being the voice of God, being the voice of God's heart to the very, very dark world around us. And we don't have to look too far to see that there's, there's few people in our world that are willing to speak the truth in love and share the great message of God in the darkness uh, that seems to surround us continually. I was talk, we were talking with the teens today in the teen class. It came up what it looks like to, um, to live a spirit-filled life, and we talked about some of that. We didn't talk about what comes out of our mouth a whole lot. We'll talk about that more at some point but if we're people of truth and people of honesty and we speak the truth in love, then I can't help but think that that really stands out against a dishonest world that we live in because we show something that is just not common. And uh, for myself and for all of us, hopefully as we reflect on this, this gets our heart this week. And it helps us remember that, uh, that God uh, speaking the truth is speaking the nature of God's love into the people around us. If you'd like to become a Christian or you'd like prayers of the church, you're welcome to head to the back. The elders are back there uh, willing to pray with you. And uh, let's be.